Hello, everyone, and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez, and I want to thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect. This helps us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, we'll listen to a special message by Pastor Rick. Well, hey, everybody. Hey, welcome. God bless you. Welcome to our fall kickoff. Hey, don't you like that song, I Need You Now? Yeah, in fact, I ask our band to lead us in that song as I lead us back today to the book of Revelation. And here's why. I like the rhythm in that song. That song's got a marching rhythm to it, doesn't it? Like warriors marching to a war. In Christ Fellowship, let me tell you, that's what the Bible is all about. And that's what the book of Revelation is all about. It is about a war between two worlds, the world of God and the world of Satan, the world of heaven and the world of hell, the world of angels versus the world of demons. And make no mistake about it, you and I are caught in the middle of this war between these two worlds. In fact, we are what the war is over, which is why I like that line in that song, Lord, I need you. When my feet hit the ground, when the wolves, yeah, come around. So anyway, you can grab a seat at all of our campuses. By the way, just FYI, that song was written by a guy by the name of Toby Mack. Yeah. And Toby is, of course, a Christian, and he sings Christian music. But I was thinking back this, this week on another Christian musician. This particular musician professes faith in Christ. However, his music is not Christian music. To the contrary, his music is secular music, and that, that's okay. But this guy's name is... Bono, yeah, and he is the lead singer for, yeah, U2. But folks, check this out, because a few years back, Bono and U2 wrote a song in which Bono tells about his relationship with Christ. This song went to the top of the charts, and are you ready for the title of it? The title of it is, I Still Haven't Found what I'm looking for. Now, mind you, in, in this song, Bono chronicles his, his life in, in this pursuit of trying to find what he's looking for, like many people do. But if you think the song ends with Bono singing, I found Christ, and when I found Christ, I found what I was looking for, listen, if that's what you're anticipating, you're in for a huge letdown. Now, I want everybody to lean into this, because again, in the song, Bono chronicles four paths that he took, which are very typical, to find what he was looking for in life. The first path that he took to find what he was looking for in life was a girl. The second path that he took to find what he was looking for in life was desire. The third path that he took to find what he was looking for in life was the devil himself, kid you not. The final path he took 
to find what he was looking for was Christ. Hey, don't clap. This guy says, I couldn't find it in a girl. I couldn't find it in desire. I couldn't find it by holding hands with the devil. But then I found Jesus. And he says, I believe it, that he died for my sins. Don't you know it? But then comes the unexpected line. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And folks, I got to tell you, I used to hate that song. In fact, I turn it off every time it would come on because I would think to myself, how in the world could somebody who says, I'm a believer, don't you know I believe it? Don't you know I know he died for my sins? I love him for that, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. That song used to bother me to no end until, until I realized there are Christians who would say, I found Christ. I love him, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And listen, maybe, maybe that's you. I mean, maybe you walk in here today and you hear this song and you say, I can relate to that guy. I, I, I can relate to that because you would say, I love Jesus. I know him. I serve him. I'm at church every weekend. I read my Bible. I pray, but I still feel like there's something missing in my life. I feel like there's something that, I, that I'm still searching for because I haven't found complete satisfaction in my relationship with Christ. Now, with all of that in mind, let me bring all of that over to the study of the book of Revelation. Because check this out. What a lot of Christians are looking for, what a lot of Christians like Bono are still trying to find is found in the book of Revelation. Let me say that again. What a lot of Christians are still looking for, what they're still trying to find, is found in the book of Revelation. Because the book of Revelation is the best part of the story. The book of Revelation is the most clarifying part of our story. It is in the book of Revelation that everything gets resolved. And yet... The book of Revelation is perhaps the most rejected book of the Bible in the church. Christians reject it. Pastors reject it. Wholesale denominations have rejected it. Heck, the reform movement has basically jettisoned it from the Bible as if it doesn't even belong in the Bible. Little wonder the Christian base is often the most unenergized base in the world. Little wonder many Christians are saying, I haven't found what I'm looking for. There's something missing in my life. Because what's missing is the conclusion to the story. They're missing the conclusion of the story. So here's my proposition today. The book of Revelation is a clarifying book. And by that, I mean it brings clarity to our lives. It will bring clarity to your future. It will bring clarity to your present. And by doing that, it is often the missing piece of the puzzle in the Christian life that so many Christians are still trying to find. You might be saying, well, Rick, how does the book of Revelation bring clarity to my life? 
How does it bring clarity to my future? How does it bring clarity to my present? And, and, and what is it that I'm looking for? What is it that I'm still trying to find in the, in, in the Christian life that the book of Revelation helps me to find? What is it? We're going to find out as we go back to this amazing, amazing book. I want to give you two thoughts. We've been, we paused this book at the, the beginning of the summer. Today, we're going to pick it back up. But I want to give you two major thoughts today. How many of you have your listening guide at all of our campuses? Wave those in the air. Yeah, two major thoughts. By the way, this is going to come across today a lot more like teaching than preaching. preaching. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to ask you to lean into this. Because what I really want to do today is kind of ease us back into the book of Revelation. So you may not go out feeling goosebumps today, but what I do hope you do is go out challenged today from this incredible book. So are you ready to go? You ready to get back into the book of Revelation? All right, here we go. Two major thoughts if you're filling in the blanks. Number one, Revelation clarifies your future. Revelation clarifies your future. Now with that in mind, let's go back to the beginning of the book. And by that I mean let's go back to Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. Because the first two words of this book, chapter 1 verse 1, tells us what the book is all about. A lot of people don't understand the book of Revelation because they don't understand what it's about. This verse tells us. The first two words say this, the, say it with me, Yeah, the revelation. Now stop right there. Because that word revelation is explicit. It is a translation of the compound Greek word apokalupto. I always tell you, your New Testament part of your Bible was originally written in Koine Greek, translated to Spanish, English, French, whatever. But that word revelation is translated from the compound Greek word apokalupto. The prefix apa in the Greek means to take something away. The word kalupto means to cover something or to veil something. Apocalupto then means to take away the covering from something. It means to take away the veil from something so that you see it unveiled, so that you see it clearly. And what is it that is unveiled in the book of Revelation? Well, here's one thing. Write this down as A. Revelation unveils your exciting. Your exciting. Your exciting. Yeah, your exciting future. Now, folks, you see, one of the reasons I think a lot of Christians are not satisfied in their relationship with Christ, in their walk with Christ is because they imagine in their mind that the future that Jesus is leading them to, especially in terms of eternal life, is a future that's going to be boring. Boring. In fact, I was telling my brother, Mike, he's a year older than me, I was telling him a few months back how excited I was about eternal life. And he looked at me and he said, Rick, why? So what do you mean? He said, it's going to be boring. And listen, I get it. 
Because if you kind of accept the traditional view of eternal life, here's how the traditional view of eternal life shakes out. You die, you go to heaven, and you turn into a ghost, a spirit. And you basically sit around on a cloud and play a harp forever. And heaven is going to be this this church service that goes on and on and on. I love church, don't you? But this thing's going to go on forever and ever. It's just church, 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 forever singing, praising forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Now, folks, we we laugh at that, but listen, people like Bono and maybe you look at that and say, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not what I had in mind. There's got to be more to my future. There's got to be more to my destiny than that. And here's what I love. There's a lot more to the Christian destiny than that. A lot more and far more exciting And that's what the book of Revelation unveils for us. In fact, I want you to write this down as one and two. Number one, Revelation reveals the future. The future. In fact, everybody heads up. Revelation is the the future sequence of events. Watch this. The future sequence of events that will lead you to your eternal destination. So let me give you a quick bird's eye view of the book of Revelation. This will be reviewed for some of you. But if you realize this, the book of Revelation is easy to understand if you understand this one thing. Revelation is in chronological order. It is the future events that will lead up to and usher in the return of Christ and the everlasting kingdom, and it's all in chronological order. So watch this. Here's how it, how it unfolds. Revelation chapter 1, try this orange one. Revelation chapter 1 takes us back in time to the death and resurrection of Christ. Revelation chapter 1, we studied that for weeks. Revelation chapter 2 and 3 bring us forward into the present to what the Bible calls the church age. We are living right now in Revelation 2 and 3. This is the church age. God is calling out a people for himself. That's Revelation 1, 2, and 3. Revelation chapter 4 gives you a vision of what your death will be like as a believer. Because Revelation chapter 4 and 5 move us up to heaven. And we studied that. It shows you what will happen when you die. Your body, you remember we went over this in detail. Your body goes back to the grave. Your spirit comes out of your body. Your spirit is taken to heaven. That's only temporary. Remember that? Anyway, that's four and five. Chapter six through 18 brings us back down to the earth for a future time known in the Bible as the Great Tribulation. That will be seven years of unprecedented terror on this earth as God goes to war with Satan to take back the earth. 
The great tribulation is unfolded in three different judgments. The seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the bowl judgments. All consummating at the end of it in a battle called the battle of Armageddon, yes. At the end of chapter 18, the tribulation ends, and in chapter 19, you have the second coming of Christ. Christ comes back at Armageddon, and he comes back to the earth, yes, this earth. And when he gets back to the earth, he sets up a kingdom. And how long, this is chapter 20. And how long does that kingdom last? A thousand years. This is the kingdom where Jesus said, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On the earth. Right there. As it is in heaven. And then chapters 22, I mean 21 and 22, escort us into the new earth where we'll live forever and ever and ever. And folks, here's the point I want you to get. Write this down as number two. Revelation doesn't just reveal the future. Revelation reveals what? Your future. Everybody heads up. This is your future. This is not just the future of the world. This is the future of your world. And what is the point? You're not going to spend eternity in heaven as a, a spirit and a ghost floating around on a cloud. You're coming back to the earth, only it's going to be a new earth. It'll be better than this earth. It will be newly formed. Revelation 21, 22 spells it out. We're going to get there. But in that earth, you will have a physical body just like you do now. It'll be a physical planet like this. God created you for the earth. You were made from the earth. You were meant to live on the earth. That's the way it was in the beginning. That's the way it's going to end up. And in that new earth, there will be enterprise. There will be business. There will be jobs. There will be challenges. There will be fun. There will be joy. Only without the possibility of sorrow and sadness and depression and war, and hatred, and suffering, and disease, and death, all of that will be passe, and we'll head into a new earth. You say, meaning what? Meaning this, write this down as B, your future will be anything but what? Boring. Anything but boring. Doesn't Satan always like to counterfeit and give us the opposite of what God has planned for us? Your future is going to be Amazing. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, well, okay, Rick, that's cool, but, but is all of this a part of my future? Am I, am I going through that thing called the tribulation? Where's the rapture at in this? Am I, is, when is Christ coming back? When is all of that going to happen? Here's the answer to that. Are you ready? This is so important. Here's the answer. Be back next week. Yeah. Because we're starting into the book of Revelation, we're going to kick it off with a message called a war between two worlds, and it's going to make a lot of things make sense for you. So be back. But folks, here's the main point I want to make today, and this is what I love. The book of Revelation doesn't just clarify your future. Write this down as big number two. The book of Revelation clarifies your present. Your present. Now, with that in mind, listen to this. I want to take us all the way to the end of the book of Revelation. All the way to the final chapter, almost the final verses. Revelation chapter 22. This is the end of the Bible. Watch what the Bible does. Watch what the book of Revelation does in the final words. 
of the Bible. Listen to verse 17. Here's how it closes out. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of what? Life. Life. Now, folks, I love it. Because here's what God does. In this verse, these, these verses, with these words, what God does is he pivots from the future and takes us back to the present. Let me say that again. With those words in Revelation chapter 22, God does an about face and takes us from the new earth and takes us back to this earth. To this earth. You say, why? Because write this down as A. This is so important. You have a mission for this earth now. And you might be saying, well, wait, 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 Rick. The reason I was all excited about this revelation stuff is because I like all that future stuff. I want to hear all the talk about the, the tribulation and the rapture and the mid-tribulation rapture and the post-tribulation. I want to hear about the new earth. I want to hear all about that. Are we going to talk about that? Listen, that's all in the book of Revelation. And we're going to unpack it. But listen, before we go down that road, here's what I want us all to understand today. The book of Revelation is not designed to hijack your mind from this earth to that earth. Let me say that again. The book of Revelation is not designed to kidnap your mind from this world, from this present, and hijack it and kidnap it and take it into the future. To the contrary, the promises and the prophecies of the book of Revelation given to us in the future are designed to inspire you today. Because you have a mission to carry out. You have a God-given mission that has been given to every one of us who are believers. And folks, here's what I love. This God-given mission clarifies everything in your present. It, It brings it into crystal clear clarity. Because the mission that God leaves us as he closes out the Bible even answers this question. What are you supposed to be doing with your life? Not what are you doing with your life, but what are you supposed to be doing with your life? And God says what you're supposed to be doing is carrying out this mission that he has for you. In fact, God wants you to take all of your energy, all of your passion, all of your creativity, all of your resources, your job, your family, everything that you have been given by God, and God wants you to channel it at the mission that he has given to us for this world. And here's why it's so crucial. Write this down as B. Your mission gives life. Your mission gives life. Listen to this final verse again. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. 
Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of what? Life. Life. Listen, listen. People's lives are teetering between eternal life and eternal death. And the mission that God has assigned to you and me is the continental divide for them. What more could you do with your life then channel it at a mission like that. What more could give you a reason to jump out of the bed when your boots hit the ground and say, I know what my mission is today. Now, here's what we need to know about this mission. So write this down as one, two, and three. This is so important. Here's what we need to know. People are thirsting to death on an everlasting scale. The spirit and the bride say, come, And let the one who hears say, come, let the one who is what? Thirsty. Thirsty. Now, folks, watch this. With that verse, put up the earth. God walks us back from that new earth that he just got through talking about. He walks us back from that earth back to this earth where people are dying of thirst on an everlasting scale. You see, people are born into this world with an inner thirst, and it manifests itself as this this pervasive unhappiness in their life, This, this nagging dissatisfaction, and they can't figure it out. They're like Mick Jagger. I can't get no what? Satisfaction. And so they go through a lifetime trying to Search and find and figure out someone or something who can satisfy this dissatisfaction, this thirst. But you see, here's the problem. They often don't even know where they're thirsty, nor what they are thirsty for. But the book of Revelation tells us where they're thirsty. Listen to this. Write this down as number two. They are thirsty in their soul. In fact, you can go all the way back to, to the book of Psalms, which says this, Psalm 42, my what? Soul. My soul. Everybody say my soul. soul. Everybody say my soul. my soul. Thirst for who? God. For God. In other words, they are yearning at a, at a place much deeper than their physiological body. They are thirsty in a way that physical H2O cannot satisfy. But here's what you and I know. Write this down as three. Jesus is the what? He's the water of life. Christ is the water that they are thirsty for. He alone can refresh their soul and keep them alive and enable them to thrive on an everlasting Scale. He's what they're looking for. He's what they're thirsty for. By the way, is it hot in here? Is it hot in here? It feels hot in here. Can I have some water? Bear with me just a minute. Uh, one more. 
so good. Now, folks, I don't know what that water just did to my cells. I don't know what it just did to the tissues in my body. But I know what it just did for me. It refreshed me. And it is keeping me alive. And that water gives me the power to stay alive and to thrive physically. Don't you love water? Listen, what an image of what Jesus does, not only for our body, but for our soul and for our spirit on an everlasting scale. Listen to what the, what the Bible says in John 6. Listen to this. On the last day and great day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a, in a loud voice, here's what he said, let anyone who is thirsty, I'm saying it loud like he did, come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. He is the water for the soul. He is the water that gives us life. He is the water that empowers us to stay alive and to thrive forever and ever and ever. Pardon me for getting so loud. I was just trying to be like Jesus in a loud voice. But folks, here's what I want you to understand. Just like what Carlos did to, for me, he brought me the water. Just like that. That's your mission. In fact, write this down as C. Your mission is br to bring people to the water. That's what you're left here for. But I want you to write this down. I, I forgot to write this down. It kind of came to me at the end. So write this down as D. Here's what you need to know. Your mission is a joint operation. So you're not in this mission by yourself. This is a joint operation. I want you to watch how it works. Let's go back to the verse. Watch this. Here's the joint operation. The who? Spirit. The Spirit. Who's that? That's the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit's with us in this mission, in this operation. The Spirit and the, the bride. Who is the bride? That's us as a church. That's every campus. That's Christ Fellowship. We are the bride. So you have the Holy Spirit and you have the church, and we're saying, come to people. Now watch this. And let the one who hears say, come. Who's the one? That's you. You've heard. And let the one who hears, here's, here's, your, here's your mission, say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Think about it. Our mission is not to say to people, go, go find Jesus. <laughs> Our mission is to, is to what? To say, come, come with me. Our mission, our mission is not to send people, go, go to my church, go to Christ Fellowship. Our, church, our mission is to say what? Come, that is bring them, bring them to Christ. Don't make them swim up water to, upstream to find Christ. Bring them to him. How do you do that? How do you get the water to them? You can bring them yourself. Just say, come to Christ. You can share your faith with them. You don't have to be a theologian. I'm always amazed at how easy it is. When I'm sharing the faith with people, I'll just say, what church do you go to? 
Let me invite you to Christ Fellowship. And let me tell you what our message is at Christ Fellowship. God loves you and cares deeply about you. I'm going to tell you, as soon as that usually comes out of my mouth, about half the people start crying. You know why? They're thirsty. That was a drink that refreshed them. God loves me. God cares for me. You can say that. You can say, come to Christ. You can lead them in a sinner's prayer. Or you can bring them to Christ's fellowship. You can say, come with me. I know where you can find water. I can tell you God loves you. I, I can tell you where you can find it. And bring them to Christ's fellowship knowing that when you get people here, they're going to hear about God's love. They're going to get that drink of water that their soul is longing for. You see, folks, this, 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 is, this, is, this is our mission. And by the way, you saw the bride, the, the Christ Fellowship is in this with you. This is why we have a camp. This is why we want to put a campus in every community so that, so that you can say, the water's close by. We've got a campus right where you live. We've got a campus where you live. We've got a campus where you live. Let me bring you. Let me take you to that campus. Our newest campus that we're wanting to start is in Tamiami. We want a campus... Everywhere, again, we don't want to make people swim upstream. Satan is trying to keep them from Christ. We want to put a campus in every community. And we want to put a campus in every country from where you come from, from people in your country can taste the living water. See, folks, what, what I don't want to happen in this book of Revelation is that we just are hearers of the book of Revelation you know, oh boy, we talked about the tribulation, we talked about this. Here's what I want to happen. I want us to leverage this book. I don't want us to just be hearers of it, I want us to be doers of it. Because there's, there is information in this book that if you get people here, I'm telling you, it'll change their lives. You can tell it's just that kind of book, isn't it? It's not all about future stuff. It relates to them today. This is our mission. And you see, here, here's my point. Here's my point. Back to the whole beginning of I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You see, what greater mission could you have in your life than to bring people to the water of life? What could you do with your life that tops that? By the way, you know what God could have said? God could have said, you know what? This mission is too consequential there's too much at stake here. This is the continental divide between heaven and hell. I'm keeping you out of it. This is a job for God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the angels, the living creatures, the seraphim and the cherubim. You stay out of it. He could have done that. But he didn't. He says to every believer in here, come with me. I want to give you a mission that will make your life more fulfilling than you could ever imagine. You see, I think this is the missing piece for a lot of believers. In fact, a few months back, I was at the falls, the mall, and I bumped into people like I always do. And I was talking to this, this gentleman, and he said, you know, Rick, I love the Lord. And this is kind of what got me thinking about this. He said, I love the Lord. I'm in church every weekend. I give, I serve, I volunteer, I pray, I read my Bible but I just feel like there's something missing in my life. And I said, are you sharing the faith with people? 
I'll never forget, he sort of dropped his head. He said, no. I said, that's what's missing. Because there's nothing that will give you more joy than to tell people about the water of life. Even if, they don't re- even if they don't receive it. There are times when I tell people about Christ and they don't receive it, and I'm able to walk away and say, Lord, I did what I was supposed to do. This is what I've been left, this is what we've been left here for. Do you understand? Jesus said, This world is not your home. Well, if this world is not my home, why doesn't Jesus just take me out of here when I receive him as Savior? It's simple. I've got a mission to carry out. You are left on this world. This world's not your home. You're left here for a reason, though. You have a mission, and that is to invite people. Come and receive the water of life. There's nothing that you could do. You see... See, folks, I'm going to close with this. See, I think when you get your arms around, wow, my future's so exciting. And I think when you, when you realize that's my future and you realize, ah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you, I think you then can say, I finally found what I'm looking for. You're supposed to laugh at that. <laughs> Right? I finally found what I'm looking for. I would love to hear Bono say, I finally found what I'm looking for. So here's how I want to close today. I want you to take out your worship folder, and there's a little section in it that says prayer request. And I want you to take a moment right now and ask God who it is that you should invite and invite them next week. Ask God to lay someone on your heart. And you can pray about it and keep your eyes open at all of our campuses. Just take a moment, take out a pencil, and think about who is it that I can invite. You know, I, I invite, I mean, think of everybody that comes into your life as a divine appointment. I mean, it's the person at the bank, it's the person you do business with, it's the Uber driver. I got, I got in the Uber the other day and was headed somewhere, I can't remember where. And I started telling this gentleman, I started talking to him about Christ's fellowship, about the faith, and he didn't speak English, only spoke Spanish. So I call Omar. Omar, I'm putting you on speakerphone. Bro, help me. <laughs> it's that simple. It's that simple. So would you take a moment and pray about it, and then I'm going to come back and pray. And I'm going to ask our bands <clears throat> to get ready, <clears throat> because when we're dismissed, I want us to go out of here. Lord, I need you when my feet hit the ground, when the wolves come around. Help me to remember my destiny. Help me to remember my mission. So would you take a moment and pray about that just quietly there in your seat at all of our campuses. about people in your life, your business partner, your clients, your patients, your mom, maybe, your dad, a son, an ex, a friend, a neighbor. This is your mission. This is what you're left here for.
everybody, let's stand together. I want to pray for us right now. You know, one of the things I love to do with us as a staff at our church is when we're going we're gonna to do something together, is we sort of put our hands out like this and say we're all in. So how many of you say, you know, Rick, I'm going to do the best I can. As best I can, I'm all in on the mission. If you are, would you just put your hand out? All hands in. Let's do this thing for God while we're here. Life is short. Everybody in? Let's pray together. Let me pray, and then you're going to be dismissed, but you're going out too. I need you, Lord, when my feet hit the ground. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the amazing, amazing future that you have given to us. Lord, our future is not boring, as Satan would have us imagine, but it is amazing. And God, we thank you for it. God, also thank you for giving us this this great mission, this great purpose for which we have been left on this earth. Lord, may we this week begin to look at every person that we come in contact with as a divine appointment. And may we, as best we can, invite them. May we give them a, a card from the church and just say, come with me. I'll meet you there. Come meet Christ. May we share our faith. And God, may we bring the living water to people. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for us. And God, help us to be an army for you. Help us to march for you and to bring people to Christ. Lord, I speak for all of us at Christ Fellowship. We love you so much and we thank you for the way that you love us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Christ Fellowship, I love you all. God bless you. Be back next week. Bring somebody with you. God bless. What a great message by Pastor Rick. If you decided to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmiami.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.